I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sun Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav and you join me once again to talk about a Sunderland win. I say once again, uh, we are getting used to winning again, I think. And uh, joining me today to discuss such matters is Martin Wanless. Hey, Martin. Hello, mate. Nice to have another three points, eh? Absolutely, mate. And we are always delighted to be joined by BBC Newcastle Sunderland match commentator Nick Barnes. Hey, Nick. Hi, chaps. Good to speak to you. Yes, always good to speak to you, Nick, especially after a win. Um, I think you remarked at one stage, that you don't often come on this when we win. So, yeah, it's nice to <laughs> chat to you anyways after a victory. Although, as I'm sure we'll get into, it wasn't a fantastic Sunderland performance, one that a lot of people felt disappointed with. But ultimately, in the end, we got the three points, Nick. Does performance matter at this stage, do you think? Because it doesn't seem to matter to Alex Neal. He's been very clear on that, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of caught between two stalls on this one because I think ultimately... As on Tuesday night, the three points really was the the prerogative. That was the most important thing because they've just got to keep going, winning games because of the teams around them. And um, they've got to maintain that place in the playoffs. They've got to try and consolidate that and hope the others slip up. But the other side of it is if you're going to go into the playoffs, um, you want some sort of momentum and you want to be playing well. If you're going to get to the final and win it, I think you've got to be, you've got to assume that you're going to come up against another team who are in, in a good run of form and probably have been for some time. I mean, an MK Dons or an Oxford uh, at the moment are on a good roll and, and Sunderland are, yeah, they're grinding out the results, but the performances aren't um, going with them. So I, I, I'm sort of caught between hoping that they do actually get some performances in and they keep on winning because I thought the game against Crewe for 80 minutes, uh, well, it was feeble. I mean, I, I think, you know, Alex Neal had said on Friday, they need to be ruthless. Well, I think they were toothless, not ruthless Ooh. yesterday. And, and that, is a, that is a concern. And, and whilst, yeah, he, he was pleased with the result, and we all were, it, you know, it swung very much on that miss by Chris Long just a few minutes before Dan Neal scored. And if Chris Long had scored, then it would have been a completely different story. So I, I, I think mm. that we can, you know, we can draw a veil over the performance to a certain extent. But I do think after Fleetwood on Tuesday and Crew on Saturday, there is still a bit of an issue about the way that Sunderland are playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said last week that, to be honest, I don't mind how we win as long as we win. Obviously, I would love to see us playing a better style of football, standard of football. 
But at the minute, I mean, you can't really argue with the results. We are slowly creeping back up that form table. I was checking it out just before. We sat 7th out of 24 teams in League One in terms of our form. It's definitely improved. I think uh, since Alex Neal came in, we've lost only once. That was the MK Dons game. And it was interesting actually listening to um, the crew manager after the game, Martin. I don't know if you caught that, but he spoke to to their social media channels and he referenced the MK Dons game that, that we were obviously beaten in. And he said MK Dons came here, played exactly like that and went, with, went away with three points. Their game plan ultimately was to come here, try and disrupt us and try and dig in and and steal something from the game, whether it be a point or three points. He actually felt that crew were really unlucky. He he said that he, he you know they had enough chances to win the game. I, I watched their chances back and yeah, they, they did have some half decent chances, but I wouldn't say anything was completely clear cut. Where do you stand on that? Do you do you think crew were a little bit unlucky or not? I think when you look at the game overall, they they had the best chances going into the up until the, the last 10 minutes, didn't they? They had a few good good opportunities to score. And we, I think we tested the keeper maybe once, didn't we? I think Ross Stewart had a header straight into the keeper's arms. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say it half. was testing him necessarily. It was well, just straight at him, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, in, in terms of shots on target, I think, you know, results at this stage of the season are obviously the most important thing. But, like, we've played two poor sides at home in the last four or five days, haven't we? And we have been completely unconvincing in, in both games. And, you know, I, I've been a bit bewildered with Alex Neal's um, comments after the game because I thought, listen, after Tuesday's game, I thought, you know what, you're spot on. Great result, terrible performance, lots of things to work on. But as Nick said, I actually think yesterday's game, the game against Crew on Saturday, was was probably worse in terms of performance than, than the Fleetwood game. You know, Crew were a worse side, the anchor at the bottom of the league, guaranteed to go down. And I just thought we were we were rubbish. We were hoofing long balls up in the first half. Bailey Wright was just getting the ball in the centre of the field, hoying it up to Ross Stewart's head. And you know, Ross Stewart's a great player, but he's not somebody who's going to win all those flick-ons and, and do that side of the game. He's a far better player than that. He was being and pinned in. He was being, he was being double-teamed quite often, oh, wasn't he? He was, and it was so easy to defend against. And, you know, for, so if you look at all of those things, you know, I think Crew probably were a bit unlucky not to get something out of the game because... You know, they played the game well. They let us have the ball. They knew the work we weren't going to do a great deal with it because we, we weren't set up to do a great deal with it. The midfield wasn't clicking as, as it should do. Corey Evans was essentially another defender when we already had three at the back there to, to start mm. with. And I, I just thought we were, you know, if we played a better team, we are not winning that game. Mm. I, I didn't like the game plan, Nick, from the start, to be honest. I, I, I have to admit. The, but it did seem to be just a case of give the ball to Bailey Wright, hit the diagonals, either of the wingers or Ross Stewart, totally bypass the midfield, which took Luke 09 out of the game and he ended up being brought off. And I felt a bit sorry for him because actually what he did do, he did okay. But we didn't ever really play through the middle until the changes were made. He brought on uh, he brought on Dan Neal, he brought on Roberts and he brought on Diaku. And... You saw the difference. I mean, the players, not just the players who came on the pitch, but the players who were already on the pitch, they got a massive boost from the game plan reverting to something they were a bit more natural at, and, and that's keeping the ball, moving it quickly, one-twos, playing it wide very quickly and getting balls into the box. You could see straight away, couldn't you, that the, they enjoyed being given a, a, a game plan which suits their characteristics more. Yeah, I, I echo everything Martin said, and... And you there about the the substitutions? I think 
you know, pertinently, the point about Evans being an extra defender. Um, I, I, I was actually a bit surprised to see Evans on the starting line. Everybody in. was, weren't they? Yeah. Dan, I thought Dan Neal would come in. Um, and I think, you know, with with hindsight afterwards, when he did come on, it, it, it did make a difference because he likes to get the ball down and play it through, keep it on the floor. Um, you're absolutely right about the long balls. I just feel that, I, look, nothing against Corey Evans, but he isn't having the best of times at the minute. And I was surprised it wasn't him that was taken off, actually, and it, he, he stayed on. I just feel that that was a, a, a waste of a player, if you like, in, in that system. And I'd rather have seen Neil start. But, I, you know, I come back to the point that, you know, as Martin was making, crew are bottom of the table. They, they've lost, they'd lost nine of their last ten. And, um, you, you know, Sunderland should be making a bit of a statement, if you like, in, in beating these teams. And, you know, I had a sort of spat again with Alex Neal on Friday when I said that, with all due respect, Sunderland should be putting teams like Crew to bed. And he just said, well, you are being disrespectful, you know. Uh, but I, I, don't think, I don't think I am now at this stage of the season. If you're a team looking for prom- promotion, look at Rotherham, they're ruthless. Mm-hmm. You know, they roll teams over, they, they keep clean sheets. Um, and when we had this discussion on Friday about, you know, can you inject that ruthlessness into Sunderland? And yes, you can, but it will probably take time. But that's what Sunderland need. And they just didn't illustrate that against Crewe at all. I thought they, they, they just got bogged down in playing that long ball, leaving Defoe isolated and frustrated. Stuart, as you say, was being sort of pressed out the game. Um, and it only changed when they bought those sort of players on that can keep it on the floor and start playing it through the middle. And as soon as they did that, crew were all over the place. Um, and, and as we saw, you know, Sunderland scored two. They could have had another. Uh, and and I, it, it, it and it is frustrating. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it because people want to see them get out of League One. They want to see them get out of League One this season. Um, yeah, and they are making progress. They're keeping clean sheets. They're winning games again, but I, I'm not convinced yet. And, and look, they've got a difficult game against Lincoln coming up. They're going to have to win at Plymouth. And they're probably going to have to win at Oxford as well. Um, and they're going to be the real barometers, the real testers, I think. Um, but yeah, look, I'm really pleased they beat Crew. I was really pleased for Dan Neal. I think it's great to see him back and looking like the Dan Neal that we, we sort of know and love. Um, Roberts started to show what he can do in, in the cameos that he's getting. Clark, slightly frustrating because he does sort of try and do a lot with, with, you know, sometimes not a great end product, but he's young, but it's good to have players like that in the team. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, as I said earlier, caught between two stalls on this one, but um, taking the positives, you know, another clean sheet, another win, and hopefully they can sort of build on that this week without a midweek game to go to Lincoln. It was interesting listening to Daniel uh, in his conversation with you, talk about how he felt we didn't start well enough and because you asked him a question about the sort of the fans and the the frustration in the ground and I thought he answered it really well he turned around and said well we did we're not starting well enough we know what this place can be like when we start quickly like look at the chef wed game this place is a fortress teams can't cope when we've got momentum from minute one they can't deal with us because the crowd are immediately into the game and and that's what frustrates me as a fan is when I'm going to the games and I'm standing there watching it from my seat and I'm watching us just start with no momentum whatsoever, no no zip, no you know, you would you would think like yeah. you're playing bottom of the league, the players should be ravenous, they should be baying for blood, they should want to 
go and take this team apart because they're there for the picking. And crew, like you said, bottom of the table, bottom of the form table, they've lost nine of the last ten or whatever it was. You would think, wouldn't you, that the, the team selection especially would reflect that. It would be like, well, crew are terrible. They're going to come here. They're going to be crapping themselves if we start quickly because the fans are going to be well up for it. you know. And eventually we'll, they'll cave very early in the game. Instead... We played like we were playing away from home. I felt it was it was it was how you'd set up if you were away at I don't know Charlton again or, or somewhere like well, that. It, it was like they were playing in treacle. I mean, this yeah. is the problem. And I think if they'd scored early like they did at Wigan, Crew would have rolled over. I don't I have no doubt. I think they would have. And you, and you saw that after the first goal, were... didn't you? You saw that they the second yeah. one followed quickly after. And I and in, in fairness to the. The fans on Saturday, I, I thought actually they were they they were good. They they didn't get as frustrated as they probably had a right to be. Um, I mean, there were times that yeah they got there was a bit tense, but I, I certainly felt in the second half, the longer it was going on, and they and, and Sunderland were labouring to to get a goal. They actually at times did try and get right behind the team and and whip them up. Um, and and all credit to them for that because. You know, I spoke to a few people at half time, and and they were basically bored. You know, it it, it, it hadn't been the the team hadn't given anybody anything to get worked up about. You know, and 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 in fairness to them, they didn't boo them off in any great numbers at half time. They didn't sort of um, get underneath the players' skins, if you like, and and make them tense a couple of times. There was maybe moments when Sunderland did look a little bit tense on the ball, but it, that's not through the fault of the fans. I think I think. By and large, they stuck with them on Saturday. Um, so all credit to them for that. But they need to be given something at home. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be, as you say, at home, um, taking the lead. You've got to get out and get in these teams' faces and and, um, and make sure that they know they're in a game. And, they, and and to my mind, they just didn't do that. They just got themselves bogged down again. What do you think that uh, Alex Neal should do from here, Martin, in terms... Because he's, he's got to look at the last week, hasn't he, and think, you know... And I think, to be fair, in some of the comments I've heard from him, yeah, he, he, he's fairly realistic with the way we played. You know, he, he's admitted it wasn't good enough. You've got to look at the two games and think, well, it took him making a raft of subs in both games to totally change the the momentum of the fixture. Do you, do you, do you think that now? Because I mean, we all know now. Well, Corey Evans is struggling. Um, there's, there's certain players have came on and made an impact. Do you think he will? Sort of look to to change that up ahead of the next game because I think like like Nick touched on right at the start. I don't think anybody expected Corey Evans to start the game, and he did, and that worries me slightly. Yeah, it's it's been a funny one, hasn't it? Because you know he he started the game on Saturday with kind of what finished, kind of what finished Tuesday and what worked on Tuesday. So you know, following that logic, you you know you wouldn't be surprised to see Roberts back in the team on. On Saturday against Lincoln, um, Diaku playing right wing back, and um, and Dan Neal starting the game in place of Corey Evans because that's what worked this week. But to me, that's kind of the sign of you know he, he's still not hundred percent certain about what he's doing in terms of what the players are actually capable of. You know, he said yesterday, yesterday after the game um, that that was the first time he'd seen what the, like the Dan Neal that people had, had talked about. Dan Neal hadn't shown that in in training or in, in games. So he's obviously still getting the grips with the players that he's got um under his under his wings at the moment. But like the the thing with the style of play, and this is me kind of maybe looking at it from a maybe an overly positive perspective, but you know, there is a, a potential school of thought that goes, well, he, he came in and looked at the pictures that we had left 
And, you know, we've got some tough games in terms of, we had MK Dons at home, Wigan away, we've got Rotherham at home to come, we've got to go away to Oxford, away to Plymouth. And the other games that we've got at home are all against um, sides lower down the league, like Fleetwood, like Crewe, like Shrewsbury, Morecambe, we've got away from home, Cambridge at home. So, you know, there's a school of thought that he's kind of going, okay, to get anything out of those away games where we have struggled before he's come in, in those hard away games, to get anything out of those away games, we've got to be a lot stronger at the back and play a bit more defensively. So we're just going to kind of do that to get the team used to it. So when we play in Rotherham, when we go at Oxford, and if we get in the playoffs, which is still an if, we, we are more in a frame of mind about being pragmatic and defensive and banking on the fact that we've actually got better players to come on in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes to win the game. So this part of me, that's kind of thing. This is actually his his plan for the rest of the season. It's not necessarily how we'd go longer term, but in terms of actually getting us promoted, which, you know, when push comes to shove, that's why he was brought in to get us up because the thought Lee Johnson wasn't going to get us up. So, you know, potentially he's looked at the fixes and gone, you know what? We need to toughen up away from home. That's where it's going to be won or lost. Regardless of how we play, essentially we'll get points against Fleetwood, points against Crew, etc., etc. So, you know, I, I kind of wouldn't be surprised at all to see see us going into the Lincoln game exactly the same with, you know, Evans playing at the back there in front of the defence and exactly the same game plan. We keep it tight. We try to get a goal. And if we haven't got in the lead with 15 minutes remaining, we took on some subs to try to get the win. That, that's an interesting point Martin makes, actually, Nick, about style of play. Because when, when Alex Neal came in, I, I spoke to fans of Preston and, and Norwich and... They spoke first and foremost. By the way, this this is like one of the first things that they 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 all said. We played really good football, especially Norwich fans. Norwich fans thought he was fantastic. Front foot, a high pressing, um, high octane football that gets fans excited and off their seat. Which makes me wonder: is you know, I think Martin makes a cracking point there. Like, is is this just a case of him finding any which way he can? to get this team more solid and capable towards the end of the season. Yeah, I I I think Martin makes a good point. I think you know it, it's difficult to really get in Alex Neal's head at the minute in terms of you know what he's trying to do and, and you can only be guided by what he's saying after games and yeah, I think he is being pragmatic. He is picking teams that are difficult to beat um and not necessarily pretty to watch and I think you know that's perhaps why he's maybe defensive post-match in interviews about about the situation, about the frustrations, because he is trying, on the one hand, to, to win games, you know, pragmatically rather than in, 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 in sort of that lucid fashion that we've seen at Norwich and, and Preston. Um, at the same time as getting to know the players and try and find a, a settled team. But, I mean, it's very difficult to second-guess what his team's going to be every week, as we found against Crew, everyone expected Neil to come in and Evans not to play. And I think probably most people are a little bit surprised to, to see Defoe starting the game. Um, hopefully Broadhead's injury is not too bad. And he was a little bit circumspect about it after the match. But it, it's... And I think the, the, the problem that Neil has got, obviously, is he's come in. Uh, it, it's, a, so it's a firefighting exercise from his point of view with no pre-season. He's got to learn... A, about the players, what their strengths and weaknesses are. 
then he's got to work out what system works best. And we had a discussion on Friday about four at the back and three at the back. And it does seem to be at the moment that three is the formation with which they're most comfortable. Although he made the point that they played four at Wigan and won the game well. But, uh, you know, Wigan is a strange game because they took the took the lead so early and then controlled the game. But Crewe and Fleetwood, they haven't taken the lead early. In fact, Fleetwood, they've conceded first uh, and that completely changes the dynamic. And I'd be interested to see on Martin's premise as well, if they go to somewhere like Lincoln and concede a goal, that sort of negates the whole, like, we can go to the 80th minute, keep it tight and then score the winner. But what if they do concede a goal to a team like Lincoln or they concede a goal at Plymouth or they concede first at Oxford, then does that change the whole dynamic again and, and the mm. way that he's, he sets his teams up? I mean, it's fascinating at the minute because, you know, we have got this sort of... he's Alex Neal's come in and he's got this concertina season, if you like, with the with the remit that he's got to get them promoted, which is which is which is difficult. I think it's interesting about that scenario of conceding early because obviously we saw it against Fleetwood. And I think he said after the match, if he'd had a bit longer with the players in terms of them understanding how to move to a different formation and what he expected and needed them to do, he would have made changes during the first half rather than wait till half time. So I think there's there's that up up his sleeve as well, which you know he's, he's obviously not afraid to. To change it, but it certainly looks as if we're, you know we're starting games off with the mindset that we're not going to concede. Which you know, I would argue about that being the right approach certainly at home. And you know his, his comments yes yesterday after the game um, against Crew, where we said you know people can't expect to come here and be three 0 up at half time. Well, we've done it on a few occasions this season, and the team's actually set up to mm. to, to do that. So it's um, but it's interesting it's he didn't one. make any changes at half time against Crew, yeah, which surprised. he'd done against. Fleetwood and I, and I and yet my argument is to a certain extent the, the the first half against Crew was possibly worse than the first half against Fleetwood and he made changes yeah. in in a bid to score goals and yet he didn't make a change against Crew he left it much later to make to make those changes. Yeah, Michael Bowers has asked on Twitter Nick. He's asked, does Nick think the fact we've kept three clean sheets in the last four games is a sign that confidence is slowly starting to rebuild at a crucial time of the season, unbeaten in the last five as well. Uh, just to tie that in with something that uh, Alex Neal said, I think, to you, he he seems to feel that it is a sign that things are improving and that what confidence has grown. Do you believe that? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think confidence, I think if you are keeping clean sheets, confidence is bound to grow. And I think mm. Patterson needs, you know, a pat on the back as well. I mean, he's not had a huge amount to do. So in, in, in fairness, you know, those clean sheets have come because the, the players in front of Patterson are protecting him and, and they are, uh, not, they're not allowing teams. I mean, like Crew didn't have a huge threat on Saturday. They didn't create that many chances and Fleetwood didn't create that many chances. So that, that you know, I think Bailey Wright in the centre there is uh, actually being quite commanding at the minute and he's starting to, you know, he, he, the amount of ball he had against Crew, he probably saw more of the ball than anybody else on the pitch, I think, against Crew. Um, and so I think, you know, that that is, they've got to be growing confidence in that sense. I mean, you, you know, keeping clean sheets, as Alex Neils did say after the game, if, if you keep clean sheets, you won't lose games and it's something to build on. And that's what they they, they are trying to do. Mm. Um, but he did say as well that Sunderland have conceded more goals than anybody else in the division. And if you're going to get promotion, you can't do that. You've, yeah. you, you cannot 
concede goals. You've got, yeah, they're scoring goals, but they're conceding goals. And he did make the point, they have got to stop conceding goals. Well, they are stopping that now. And he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's addressing that. It's almost like, remember when Sam Allardyce came in and said, we've got to be winning games 1-0. We've got to keep a clean sheet. And, we, and, and I don't care if we only win games 1-0. Clean sheets is the priority, and we build on that. And to a certain extent, that's what Alex Neal is doing. And I think you know that, that it's clearly important. But it's has he has he got enough time to do what he's needing to do at the other end to win the games convincingly and build up this sort of run to get into the playoffs and make sure that they're strong enough to to see those through. Yeah, we haven't really touched on the goals, so we'll do that quickly, Martin. They were both really good goals, weren't they? I mean, the football, particularly in the second one was brilliant, I thought. I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about how bad the performance was, but to the credit of the players, the the, the goals were good, weren't they? I mean, the first one from Dan Neal, he's done that a couple of times, hasn't he, where he's hit them first time from that sort of area around the box and uh, and put it away. And then the second one, lovely uh, link-up play from Matete to Clark and then Roberts back to Clark and then back to Roberts to finish it off. Nice football, to be fair, and it is a sign that we can do it when, when we want to. Well, I think we know we can do it, and that's the frustrating thing when you see the first half performance when we're hoofing long balls up and not giving giving them a chance to do it. But I think the, the most impressive thing in the first goal was the, the build-up play that Dan Neal played. You know, he, he ran, it turned, moved over the halfway line or into the half with the ball, took, like, progressed the ball nicely, played a lovely ball, actually threw the gap between the defenders, which none of our midfielders had done up to that point where we actually tried some some nice sort of balls along the deck through the, the pitch rather than playing out wide. And, you know, he obviously got back and finished it lovely from, from outside the box, didn't he? And the second one was was great play. But that, that was, you know, again, going back to, I think, the point Nick made earlier, if if we get that early goal, it opens the game up. It forces Crew out. And obviously by that stage, just scoring the first one, it forced Crew out a little bit. So there's a little bit more of a gap to to exploit in there. And like, Roberts did, did brilliant. I actually thought Roberts did well when he came on. He was a bit of a threat, wasn't he? And... Um, it was a great, great finish. Yeah, it, it was good listening to Dan Neal after the game. Nick talked to you about how much that goal really meant to him for his sort of rebirth, if it, if I can call it that, this season. Because he's had a little spell out of the team and he, he admitted himself, deservedly so. You know, he, he felt that his performances weren't good enough. But how important do you think that goal could be to, to just how he kicks on from here for the rest of the season? I mean, it's all right bringing him back into the team, but he's got to have an impact, hasn't he? And he, had a, he did it. He had a massive impact uh, against Crew. Yeah, it's interesting talking to him because uh, he spoke about how he's dealt with the games he's missed. He, he's spoken to other players about how to deal with, you know, what does he do to get back into the team? What does he do to get his confidence back? Spoke with his parents. He's obviously, you know... I think he was hurt by being left out, but understands and accepts why he was left out. And I think you can tell by the buzz just in his voice that he was, you know, so delighted to be back and, and to come back and score a goal as well, but actually play the, the sort of football we know he can play. I mean, as he said himself, he went from uh, zero to 100% this season, then from 100% back to zero. And now he's hoping he can get back up to 100% again. Uh, and that's football because this is the first season, you know, he's still young. This is the first season he's he's having to play game in, game out. And he was a regular with Lee Johnson. Um, and and, and it's, I suppose it's been put into his head that he's, you know, he is one of the key or has been one of the key players. And suddenly to be pulled out by the new manager and new head coach and 
and and sort of told, well, you're tired and, and uh, you know, I want you to sort of... And actually, the admission from Alex Neil that he'd heard about Dan Neil, but he hadn't seen it, but then to admit that, yes, he saw what everyone's been talking about against Crew, and and that will do Dan the world of good, and, and hopefully now he's come back in, reinvigorated just at the right time, in the same way that Luke O'Neill's come back, and, you know, we need his energy, we need his resourcefulness, how many, how many, how much of the pitch did he cover against Crew? You know, so players like that, Roberts, Flair, Clark's Flair, these players are coming back in at the right time, but Alex Neal's got to find a way to play them because clearly against Crew for eighty minutes he didn't know how to play them, um, or, yeah. or didn't in, involve Neal from earlier. So uh, that th- he's got to fi- he's got to find that formula somewhere. Um, mm. And look, the, the ingredients are there. There's no question. We know the players are there, and I think Alex Neal knows the players are there, but he's got to find the right mix. Um, and you know, it, it's a, it's a, perhaps it's going, perhaps it's not going as quickly as we all want it to go, and that's where, you know, Alex Neal, his comments about you know being frustrated are probably valid. But I think every Sunderland fan's got a right to be frustrated because this is the fourth season in League One where, you know, we, we expect it to be only one season in League One. So I think Alex Neal coming in has got to take a step back sometimes and think, right, hang on a minute, this is a club that's still hurting and the fans are, are hurting and they've taken a lot over the last four years. And so they've got a right, really, to expect, you know, something to be happening now with, with, him, with him coming in, with the remit, as Martin said, to come in and get them promoted. Yeah, it was a Im- really important win, wasn't it, Martin, when you look at the other results around about the playoffs. I mean, we're talking about teams with momentum. Chef Wed battered Cambridge 6-0, keeps them just in the mix, just below us, but they've got two games in hand, two points behind us. Plymouth won again. Uh, are we at Bolton, another team with games in hand over Sunderland. You know, we, we, we have to... It feels like at the minute we've got to win every game just to to keep ourselves in that in in that mix. And I know we've got, if you look ahead slightly, we've got games coming up against a couple of those teams. We've got Oxford away, which is going to be huge. Uh, Plymouth away, which is going to be huge. And obviously Rotherham, which might get moved. Um, but that, you know, they're going to be targeting three points in that game. So we've got, you know, a difficult run coming up in these next eight games. And yeah, you look at that, you look at that table, don't you? And it does make you worry slightly that nobody seems to be dropping off, even despite the fact when you look at like Plymouth's fixtures, Plymouth have got some horrendous games coming up, really. They've got Oxford, they've got Wickham, they've got us, they've got Wigan, they've got MK Don still to play, they've got Pompey on Tuesday night. We've just got to keep winning games, haven't we? It's the name of the game, isn't it? I think um, yeah. we haven't left ourselves with any margin for, for error. I think it was that primarily that spell in between... Lee Johnson going and, and Alex Neal getting settled in, that's that's cost us and left us in, in that position, hasn't it? But you know, there's mm-hmm. cliche as it is, there's still a, an awful lot of football to be played. Like we can if we win all our games that we've got left, we'll go into ninety points at the end of the season, which you'd certainly hope would be um good enough for the playoffs. And you know, in past seasons it would have been good enough for automatic promotion. I don't think it will be this season. But, you know, we've just got to play our own game, run our own race and I think you know Alex Neal's right in terms of we just take every game as it comes, don't look any further ahead than that, and we move on to Lincoln next Saturday. And um, obviously we owe them one, and oh, Chris McGuire won for that game in January, don't we? 
Yeah, how do you how do you see this sort of going from here then? Nick, do you agree with, with what Martin just said there about one game at a time? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it yeah, I think that, that 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 has to be the case. I don't think you can get too carried away A by what the other teams are doing. Um look you've got to look, focus on what you're doing themselves. I think Plymouth have got hor- that I do think they've got a horrible run now, although they've you know, they've got some consistency if you like, because they are winning games. Sheffield Wednesday are hitting form at the right time, but so is Sunderland. You know, by by whatever means that they're doing it, they're doing it. Uh, Lincoln's the next one. I hope they don't get too wrapped up in the Chris Maguire thing because I think that can actually work against them in in some respects. I think they've got to be cool and and collected when they go to to Central Bank. I think it's a I don't I, I I think it's a difficult game. I don't think it's any question. You know, even though Lincoln aren't pulling up any trees this this season, they are or have got the capacity to be a very difficult side uh, and a physical side as well. So I think they've got to be well up for it, but I don't want them to get sort of sucked into that Chris Maguire <laughs> show uh, side of things because Chris Maguire, will, will if, if he plays, will milk that. He'll, he, will, he will use that to his advantage and Lincoln's advantage, and I don't think that's going to do Sunderland any favours. But um, I agree with Martin. It's, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of points to play for. It, it, you know, it's probably right. It, it, Ninety points this year, if you were to achieve that, is it's probably not enough to get you up automatically because Rotherham and, and Wigan are sort of marching on, and Rotherham are by a long stretch. You know, they are you know head and shoulders above everybody else. But then, effectively, they were a championship team um, and are a championship team. They just sort of bridge the two divisions, don't they? But um, yet, the essential games for me are, are those games at Plymouth and at Oxford. Because those are the games you, you do look at and think you, you cannot afford to lose them at the very mm. least. And, and really, you need to win them because they're your rivals in those positions. And if you can deny them points, then you know, you're affecting they're, they're each of those games is effectively six pointers. Yeah. And, and yeah. they are big, big games. Yeah, I'm just looking, Martin, at uh, Lincoln's recent form and fixtures and stuff. They, they won away at the weekend. At, Wim- at Wimbledon, which is a, a good win. They did go down to 10 men and played the last 25, 30 minutes of the game with, with 10 men and still managed to score another goal. Um, They lost to Ipswich, which isn't a horrendous result considering Ipswich are doing all right at the minute. But beat uh, last weekend, Chef Wed 3-1 at home. Um, I mean, we, we know what they can do because we... we 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 we've lost to them this season, so mm-hmm. we know Lincoln aren't perhaps as bad as their position in the table necessarily suggests. Um, but I keep saying it: we just got to keep winning and find a way to win. I don't think that we'll be as wide open as we were in that home game. I think that was probably when you look back at it and and think about Lee Johnson's the sort of end of his tenure. It was just before he left the club, about a fortnight before, and he did get. He, he did get sucked into that, didn't he? If you remember back to that game, um, the pitch was shocking and we tried to play across the floor and, and we got we got found out pretty easily in that game, didn't we? So are, are you confident at all? I mean, it's difficult to be confident when if we just, if we come off the back of a game yesterday uh, where we'd, we'd absolutely steamroll a crew, you would be very confident, but obviously performances aren't matching the results at the minute. I've got confidence that we'll go in and be solid and it'll be a, a relatively tight game and we'll, we'll hopefully grind out a, a result. And I think that game at home, I think that's, you know, it's a, a bit of an anomaly really. Like, as you say, the, it was that game where I think the hadn't the sprinklers come on and there was a yeah, whole was. controversy about the sprinklers <laughs> before the game and somebody had watered the pitch when they shouldn't. Obviously, if you remember, we'd um, 
that was a Tuesday night after we'd, we'd had that game against Wickham on the Saturday where we conceded a, a last-minute goal and don't concede that one. And who knows what, what happens after that? And it was through that time where we were playing with a number of players out through COVID where we chose to play rather than postponing the games. And you chuck in the Chris Maguire thing with obviously he had had a problem with Lee Johnson, didn't he? Chuck all, all of those elements together and it was just a, a strange, a strange evening. So I mean you look at obviously Lincoln and the the rest of the games that we've got coming up. And you know, on the positive side, we've kept a few clean sheets, and you know, the only goal that we've conceded in the last four has been down to a barely right mistake. So it's not a case of teams carving us open and creating chances. That was the one that we've conceded. We've got players coming back from injury. Dan Neal coming back after a rest. And I think, you know, I thought he was brilliant on Saturday. I thought he just showed the form that he showed earlier in the season when everybody was raving about him and he can make a real difference for us. You've got a number of players coming back from injury, hopefully Broadhead's back. I've been quite interested in Alex Neal's kind of treatment of of the questions about Broadhead because he's almost kind of hinted that it's Broadhead who's saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not right, I'm not quite right. And whether that's because he doesn't want to to knock himself again because he's out of contract. At the end, is he out of contract at the end of the season or the the fall? It might be the following so. season, isn't it? But you know, there's obviously a, a little bit of hesitation from Broadhead to to get in there. But hopefully he's back fit. And you've got players like Clark and Roberts and and people like that coming up to speed, getting match fitness. Defoe, another game yesterday, another hour or so yesterday, getting up to match fitness. And I, I've still got that sneaking suspicion that he will score a goal that's absolutely pivotal. At some point this season, I think he'll—I think he'll just score one. <laughs> but I've got a feeling yeah. he'll, he'll score a big goal at some point. So the winner you know, in the playoff final would be lovely, wouldn't it? Be awesome. Wouldn't it? <laughs> that's the, that's a fairy tale. Are you as optimistic as as Martin is there then, Nick? About about next weekend, do you think they'll, they've got a good chance of it? I'm I'm optimistic in the sense I don't I think they are a um, more solid team now. I'm 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 still cautious, if you like. I, I think I, I'll be interested to see how they react to a team that, you know, as you said a little bit earlier, you know, beaten Sheffield Wednesday and, and have certainly got the ability to, to beat, you know, the bigger teams in the division, um, despite their league position. Um, uh, yeah, I am cautiously optimistic about the playoffs and and I, and I like, you know, when I listen to Alex Neal, I do think he makes, he does talk a lot of good sense um, and, you know, you can see what he's trying to do. And I, and I think, you know, you, you've got to trust him in what he's doing. And and I think, you know, even the crew game, you've got to trust him to an, to a certain extent. As much as it was frustrating, I think ultimately he, he, he did make the changes that led to them winning the game, albeit the, it was late. It's, it, it did still happen. Um, and he made the changes against Fleetwood, which saw them turn that game around. So I think in that sense, you can trust him to, you know, that that he knows what he's doing. He's got a plan. Um Lincoln for me is 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 a bit of a you know barometer. It'll it'd be a big test to see how far he has gone in three or four weeks, and if they do do well at Lincoln, you feel you know I think you'll feel much much more confident about the the games after that. And also it it means that you're ticking games off. You know we got eight left after next weekend. It's seven. If you win that one, you know it, it suddenly the, all all these games are becoming cup finals, and that brings its own dynamic to them anyway um so yeah i i'm i am cautiously optimistic i think with the players that they've got coming back in as they grow in sort of match fitness i think we'll see the team 
take a different shape. I think we'll see more of Neil. We see more of O'Neill. We'll hopefully get Broadhead back in. I think. I think. Yeah, they will start to sort of build that momentum and that consistency and and. and maybe that, that style of football that we're all hoping they will find. Is that a one-deer trip for you? I guess it is. not that far, is it, Lincoln? Yeah, it's a... yeah, it's only a couple of hours. Yeah, in the, in the car or the train, what we're doing? Down and back in the car. Oh, well. Benno, Benno asleep. <laughs> Have a little nap. <laughs> yeah, I saw your photo of him on Facebook, uh, out cold. After he'd, he'd done you, mind, didn't he? He put one of you on asleep. Was that Yeah, uh, tip for tap. Tip for yeah. tap. <laughs> happens, happens. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, Nick. I hope you... I hope you're both right that we can go to Lincoln and um and get something. I think we will. I just, yeah, I'm a bit like everyone else. I'm a bit on the fence about how actually, <laughs> how how confident the players are even in themselves at the minute about the way that they're they're able to go to places like this and and take them on. But I I don't know. I think I think that the important thing is that we're we're actually picking up results at the minute. And I, I keep saying that to people as long as we. As long as we continue to win games by any means necessary, I'm not going to complain. I'm sure nobody else will if we if we won the lower way at the end of the season and and get promoted. And that's the that's the important thing, isn't it? He's yet to get promoted, so we'll we'll, we'll cross our fingers. Point. It is, it is. But yeah, cheers, Nick. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate your time as always. Thank you, uh, and you, of course, Martin. Uh, we appreciate cheers. your time. And uh, yeah, we'll be back through the week. We'll probably have a preview pod with something of a link in persuasion. So make sure you check that out. And also check out rotoreport.com all the way through the week as we bring you all our usual reaction to whatever's going on in the world. And with it being Sunland, something mad will probably happen during the week to fill that void where there's usually a game. So yeah, uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.